What's your name, kid? The Human Spider. The Human Spider, that's it? That's the best you got? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. The sum of $3,000 will be paid to the terrifying, the deadly, the amazing Spider-Man! My name's the Human Spider. I don't care. Get out there. No, he got my name wrong. Get you out tell there, him. you moron. Episode 215 of Food and a Monkey. My name is Ian Loring. Joining me this week are... Hello everybody, Matt Foster. And Hamburglar. The Hamburglar. Now, we've just had a moment... <laughs> Can we start with an apology? This week? We've had a very, very tense 20 minutes. <laughs> um, about 20 minutes ago... I unwrapped my 4K copy of Logan and there was a digital copy in there. A digital copy with a symbol that said it worked with iTunes. And I thought to myself, well, Noel and Mark would both love to have Logan on iTunes. I can't possibly decide which one of them should have it. So I WhatsApped the both of them in a group chat with a picture of the digital code and I said, fight. There was no fight. Noel just fucking redeemed the bloody thing and didn't even have a discussion. <laughs> the thing is, is I, I am sorry, Mark. I am. I, 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 did, I There was. I, I think I figured out what it is. I used to be part of this Facebook group that was basically people giving away um, what was that thing called? Ultraviolet codes and yeah. stuff yeah. like that. And people, it was quite a big group. And if you weren't fast, like they were gone in seconds. And I never, I was part of that group for ages. I've never managed to get a film on it because people would put them up. And as soon as they were up, some bastards would just, just grab them. So I think I saw that and I happened to be sat in front of my computer anyway, because I was getting ready for, for this. And I saw that and I just, a red mist just came over. <laughs> and I just went, ah, and something just kicked in. And I thought you were racing us. So when I'd done it and then, uh, yeah, and then I, 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 I sort of thought, oh, shit, maybe uh, I should have uh, <laughs> tried that out a bit. 
Well, uh, yeah, I, I was I was going to concede to it anyway and say, ah, do you want it? Because I've got I've kind of got a little bit of credit on my iTunes account at the moment. I'd feel bad going, oh well, actually, I, I'd quite like it as well, knowing that I've got like twenty five quid just sat there to use, and I've been hovering over getting Logan for nine ninety nine for ages, and I thought, I feel like I, I feel like such a dick. I feel bad. <laughs> God, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. Like I say, something, I, primal, I, something primal kicked in. I don't know. <laughs> well, the the 4K disc cost me 20 quid, so I'm glad I saved Noel the tenner. <laughs> I, I genuinely was going to buy it as well this weekend. Uh, yeah. So there you there go. You go. Um, L- Logan on iTunes sponsored. I'll by... be ex- Mark. I'll be extra kind next time I pay it forward to you. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There you go. It's all going to work out. Also, it'll work. I'm. I'm drinking some Elvis juice, and this week it was um, like. Did you see Brewdog lost the court case against the Presley estate for the use of the name? I did not. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it looks like they're gonna have to pay either change the name or pay the Elvis estate royalties. And knowing what Brewdog are like, that's not going to happen. Now, I've noticed on the bottom of the can it is stamped Cadillac juice. So, maybe it's always been like that, or maybe they're just going to rename it Cadillac Juice and be done with it. That's a funny thing, that, because obviously, you know my feelings about Brewdog and, and the reasons why, but, you know, their quickness to try and take people to court over the word punk, yeah. which is not, a, a first of all, is not a word that lends itself very well to... Uh, corporate cases. attitudes like that, but also it's, kind of it's a word that, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even if you ignore that, it's a word that is, you know you can't just sue people over a word that's so entrenched in popular culture and stuff like that. So it's funny that you know the Elvis estate are suing them over use of the name Elvis. You know, yes, of course there is one particular particularly famous Elvis, but I mean, it is just a name, isn't it? Yeah. I, think, just, I think it's not the, the right name the Elvis. Elvis, the state, always claim, though, don't they? Whenever they sue people for the use of that, they say that, that you're using it because Elvis made it. Oh, yeah. So what is I mean, it? And Brewdog are, but I would just, I would just, I would have thought that's a difficult thing to, to, I would have found, I would have thought that's a difficult thing to prove in court just because it's, it's a name, you know. Trouble is, yeah, especially in, Amer- in American courts, once something's been proven once, it literally just gets used again and again and again, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, if, you can set pre- if you can set precedent, it can be just used over and over. I mean, I would say good, but uh, because I'm not keen on them, but I mean, it's like you say, they'll probably just turn it into that. Knowing what they are like, they will probably just make some good marketing off the back of it. If anything, if anything, it will uh, it will go some way towards redeeming their faux punk credentials. You know, they took on somebody even bigger. I don't know. Fuck them. I, I, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I wish I wish I didn't enjoy their products as much as I do. Like it just, I genuinely think they're tasty beverages. So 
the, th- the thing is with me now is I don't I, I like to every beer I have tends to be different it's rare that I rebuy beers I rebuy beers about as much as I rewatch films so um, you know I, I try to drink as uh, 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 something different every time I drink something um, just because there's so much out there and I've got such easy access to it but if I'm in a supermarket now if I'm in a Tesco or a Sainsbury's things are changing really rapidly and right mm. next door to all the brew dogs you've got vocations um you're starting to see red willow in 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 uh in co-ops and i think it's co-op and sainsbury's that red willow have started to break through a little bit so you know the options are growing all the time so there's no for, for me personally i don't miss brew dog stuff because there's just so much other stuff to try yeah, I just like the, the oh god tangent already. We haven't even said what's on the show this week. But um, the, the the thing with me is that I hate disappointment, and if I'm going to spend like one pound eighty on one can of something, as it seems to be these days in a supermarket, I kind of want to get something I know I'm going to like. Yeah, um, and, and like so that's that's the tricky thing about it. Um, God, it just beer is so expensive these days. <laughs> yeah, if you go down the the, the, the craft ale and the um, ales route, yeah, it is. I think the other day, um, me and Becky got some beers in to have in, and Becky got said, so, so, you know, so, like, I'm I'm not that bothered about getting specialist ales, so she bought a fifteen crate of uh, cars bottles for nine quid and i bought six um cans and bottles of just random stuff that came to 14 quid it's fucking ridiculous isn't it though but it, it just i i, I mean cause i have no i have no real problem with cause but there's not there's not really much flavor to it no um, that, it, that, it, there's not no but the, but i mean like i could drink it if I wanted to be really fat, I could happily drink Coors or Bud or something like that all the time because they are incredibly easy to drink. Yeah. It's almost like the other stuff is more flavoursome and it's actually not difficult to drink, but it doesn't go down as fast. Um, That's it. You can appreciate it a little bit more. I had that, um, that Orinoco one that they do in um, Sainsbury's now. Um, so it's like chocolate and coffee mm. flavoured. And it's fucking lovely. But there is so much flavour going on with it. It's funny you mentioned price as well, because even, uh, I mean, where I live, I'm outside of the city centre now, and the beers that you would get on tap, craft ales that you would get on town, I can get here from, I mean, I've taken you both to to, um, beer traders near me, Mm. but people around here aren't used to paying five or six quid for a pint. So those beers are a lot, cheaper around here than they would be in town um but town at the moment because i'm going out tomorrow with uh, my mate dan um we're going to see blink 182 and i uh, i texted him yesterday and i was like look because he lives in town with his girlfriend and i was like is it all right if i finish work and we just go and get some cans from somewhere and go back to yours before the gig because I just can't afford, I can't afford town. Like I can't afford, if I'm, you know, if it's five or six quid a pint, cause we both drink craft ales, we're going to want to go somewhere where there's decent beers on. 
And if I get five or six pints of, you know, of, 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 of whatever at five or six quid a pint, it's fucking, it's going to break me. So that's, that's the strange thing about York is because, because there are in York, there are, I mean, it's famous for it. There are more within the city walls, which York city center essentially is, is quite small. Um, you could walk across it in like 10 minutes, uh, York city center, but there are, so many licensed premises in it. There are like hundreds mm. of licensed premises in, in York. Um, there's like three or four whole streets that are just pubs, bars, pubs, bars. Um, because of that, you've got an oversaturation of the market. So there are a few like big bars that do craft ales and do loads of them, yeah. and it's, you're still only paying like three fifty a pint, mm. which. Three fifty or four quid a pint is still, you know, it's more expensive than some people are used to, mm. but it's not a fiver. Well, this and is so it. for every two you're buying, it's you're saving one effectively of what you might pay in other places. Yeah, and we're we're paying for the fact, you know, let's face it, we're paying for a fact that the market has changed now, and they can get away with doing this. I've I've been drinking real ale and craft ales now for about nine or ten years. Like I stopped drinking lager about nine nine eight or nine years ago maybe completely because i just can't i can't stomach it um that's not me being like i just it, it bloats me it makes me want to piss i don't like the taste you know mm. so i've been drinking real and craft ale since back then and one of the benefits back then was that it was half the price you know for a pint it was half the price for a pint, a pint of real ale or, or a craft ale like uh marble bears and, and stuff like that which is still around today it was half the price of of a pint of Stella or a pint of Cronenberg or whatever. Now it's the other way around. Uh, you know, you can get the mass-produced stuff for for you know three pound fifty or something, and your pint of real ale is going to cost you six quid. So, and with the only reason the only reason that, that that it's gone like that is just because that's the trend and that's the way the market's gone. So, well, it's I, unfortunate, but I, I know that. I had that thing. I switched from. I've, I've never even allowed. I, I can drink it. But I, throughout my youth, um, I drank Guinness. Mm. But then it got to a point of where I went, where, you know, if you go out on a night out and you drink 10 pints of Guinness, then you fucking feel it. Oh, yeah. You really feel it. But you don't feel it that day. You feel it for the next few days. Um, I remember going out again. I promise we will finish this tangent in a second. Uh, I remember going out for a drink with a, f- a friend of mine. It's free, um, Mark. It's free. Fuck them. You talk as long yeah. as you want. It's fine. I remember going out for a, a drink, and I've been drinking Guinness since I was like um, 16, 17. Um, and like quite heavily because I was quite a heavy drinker at that point. And a friend of mine decided, Do you know what? He said, I'm not, I, I'm going to join you on Guinness tonight. And he used to drink, and he used to drink John's or Worthington's and stuff like that. He still does, actually. Um, and he said, I'm, I'm going to join you on Guinness time. I'm going to have a night on the Guinness because I've never done a full night. I've had the odd pint, but I've never done a full night. And then the next day, I, I met him up again at like 11 o'clock in the pub. And we sat down and I was like, can pint of Guinness? And he was like, I'm on, back on John's. And he went, right, I'm off to the toilet. And he came back about 10 minutes later and looked at me and went, what the shit <laughs> was that? It's like, oh, have you never had that before? And he went, and he just went, honestly, that was like the song in there. It's just horrendous. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to me literally every fucking morning. <laughs> like, I can't do that again. <laughs> That's rough. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like the song. Bloody hell. Um, right, anyway, coming up on this week's show. Um, it's, Where do you go from that? Where do you go from that? No, quite. I mean, the, the, well, it's a busy one. That's the thing. Here we are chatting about fucking beers and shit bad poos um but we got a big one so um we've got the uh, we got a review of spider-man homecoming unsurprisingly um but also and and then i think we'll probably get some what we want uh, maybe some what we watched out of the way um and certainly we don't the thing is we've also got it comes at night which noel didn't see and twin peaks which noel isn't watching at the moment so it would be a little bit harsh to make noel sit through that i think so yeah. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get the, the, the full quota of Mella and, uh, hey. then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll go our separate ways. Um, and Noel will just continue to feel guilty all night about fucking over Mark. Um, <laughs> as he's, as he's finishing off his beer and watching Logan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'll tell, tell you what though, Noel, bit of homework for you. Can you watch Logan Noir and tell me if it's actually worth watching? Oh, is that, oh, will that be included? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's in there, yeah. Sweet, yeah. I will. I'm assuming it would be a bit weird if they didn't give you the iTunes extras if it's the iTunes version. So mm. I'm assuming it's that. They, yeah, there's like, I think it's like an hour long making of and there's a commentary and stuff as well. It's not a bad little set by the looks of it. That's but. fantastic, but I feel like we should stop talking about it now. No, I, I don't. <laughs> um, but no, no, um, but please do, though. Can, can you watch Logan the Wild? Yeah, no, no, no well, definitely, watching, well, definitely. Well. Good yeah, man, yeah. good man. Um, okay, so... The only trailer that well, the only trailer I think Noel and I watched was Darkest Hour. The Gary Oldman is Winston Churchill, as it literally says on the screen. Film, which, uh, I, yeah, looks like Gary Oldman is Winston Churchill. What else is there? Yeah, I found this, it. Found it very, as I just said to you, I found it very cartoony. I think the voices, the makeup, and the voices feel very. Oh look, it's Gary Oldman in makeup doing a funny voice, and then. There's um, <clears throat> the is it King? What's his name? Um, is it the same King of King Speech King fame? Edward, is it possibly? Oh, uh, hang yeah. on, no. King Edward was the one who abdicated, wasn't he? Um, George. King George, yeah. Um, and then you've got the person who's apparently playing him doing another sort of well, sort of voice, and it's just like. Is that what this is? Is this like a fast show sketch? Uh, I don't know. I wasn't really into it at all. I can't imagine I'll I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't watched the trailer. Um, I it, it, <laughs> it, it kind of sticks in my throat a little bit that, that, that they're making a, a, a film about literally somebody who is revered, but when you actually look into it a little bit deeper, he's actually a fucking terrible human. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it just, it kind of, I would honestly prefer to re-watch Churchill the Hollywood fucking years than watch a film celebrating a man who was a bigoted racist. It, do you know what it felt like? Do you know what it felt like? The death of hundreds of thousands of people just because he was a bigoted racist. Do you know what it felt a little bit like to me? It felt a bit like an episode of a sitcom where almost like uh, an episode of almost like the episode of friends where where Gary Oldman's in it it felt like an episode of a sitcom where you've got a character who's playing a role uh 
in in a in a sort of stage show or in a film or something like that. It's it felt like a film within a film somehow. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I don't know if that makes sense, but it didn't feel yeah, like a yeah. real film. It felt like a uh, I don't know a, a parody within a different uh, within another film or TV show. Uh, not into it. Fair play. No, um, I, 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 yeah, I agree. Frankly, um, any other trailers? I don't think I've watched anything else, anything to be honest, trailer wise. Um, I don't think there's been that much out, has there? No, it feels like a slow. I'm, I'm assuming before Dun, like with Dunkirk, we might get something. I know Ava DeVernay's A Wrinkle in Time adaptation gets a trailer this weekend, and it's that it's the Disney Expo this weekend, so we might start uh, seeing some stuff out of that. But um, yeah, I had a quick def- look. I had a quick look before before I came on because I had a bit of time to kill and I watched the Goon 2 trailer. Uh, oh, yeah. I've not seen Goon, so oh, I don't even know, know why I bothered man. watching it. Yeah. Goon's, yeah. Goon's, a, Goon's a good time. I, I'd be interested to see what you think of this then because this looked a bit... It looked a bit stretch. It looked like a bit of a stretch. It looked a bit... Yeah, it does. I don't know. Um, I also watched the trailer for Another Wolf Cop. Um is the Wolf Cop sequel? Ian, you didn't like Wolf Cop, did you? I thought no. I think I think I thought it was all right. I, I think me, like, did me, me and you watched this together, didn't we? Yeah, at Fright yeah. Fest. At Fright yeah. Fest, next to that guy who smelt terrible. Okay, yeah. <laughs> wind. Yeah, I remember that. And we got like, wasn't there like Wolf Cop mints? There was Wolf Cop mints. Everyone got a T-shirt apart from me and you for some reason. <laughs> there were T-shirts. There was T-shirts in everyone's seat that. apart from mine and yours. And we even I came up and went. I can't believe fucking farting guy even got a t-shirt and we didn't. Fuck, man. <laughs> this is I'm bullshit. Glad know, I'm glad I didn't know that at the time. Like, given the state I was in, I would have been fucking fuming. But yeah, we, was that... we were pretty fucking drunk, weren't we? Oh. Was that the, 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 the dark Fright Fest then? The one that was a bit weird? <laughs> Which was in the Empire and just was a bit of a blur? Oh, mate. What year was that? It was 20... No, it was... Like Wolfcock was released Sorry, not 2014. The Empire, the, uh... I think that was the year that me and Mark went. Yeah. For like the day. No, I don't know. You know, I feel like I was there, but I didn't. Like maybe Wolfcock was on on the last day, and I'd gone home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd no, that, gone. That's, me and... that's what it was. That's what. Oh, was, was that what it was? Yeah. yeah. You went home like like early evening or something. You were there. The yeah. Night before, I think I, I think. went back on the Sunday and we, I think we you went, stayed. Me and, it wasn't, I think it was the one where me and you, Ian, I think we went for a couple of days rather than the whole thing, didn't we? Yeah. 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 And we went to see Lucy, didn't we? In the, and we went to see Lucy. Yes. We went to see Lucy, the, the yes, Empire, we went to see right? Lucy to see something else there. But yeah. we were, yeah, we, we, it was, it was like, a, it, it was like an 11 o'clock screen or something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. And then we went to Byron. Yeah. That was, um, that was a good time. Yeah. We were fucking hammered. Well, yeah. I seem to remember. I seem to remember liking the first one well enough and having a good enough time with it. Um, this one looks a little bit sillier and a little bit cheaper. And I, it's funny what Kevin Smith will put his name to these days. Um, oh, oh, is he? What? What's he he's in it? Executive yeah. producer. Well, I don't know if he's a producer or what, but he is in it. So. Oh, he's in it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, he's in the trailer in the trailer anyway, so I don't know how big a role it is. But it's funny, you know. It just, I mean, I didn't watch Yoga Hoses based on the trailer, but it, yeah. it's just yeah. it's just funny what what Kevin Smith is now. Like I don't know, he, he oh, it's a slippery slope, isn't it? Um, yeah, 
you just get the feeling he could have been a lot more, but his kind of mouth got in the way. Are we are we know. wanting are we wanting to do any of Fright Fest this year? Because day passes are still available. I'm not. I'm away, so I, I might do. I might do a day. I might be able to do a day. Yeah. Okay. We should we should look into that, Mark. Um, Certainly should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no, that's um, fucking hell, man. There's still fucking weekend tickets available. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't go as as much. I think they wanted it to. Wow. I Is mean, that to like, do with the size of it now, though? Or? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, they're to the sides, in fairness, and it kind of looks like it might. I think what they're doing is, by the looks of it, they've got one screen that is literally just for weekend, like whole weekend people, um, which I suppose kind of makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. Um, and I, it, by the looks of it, I think that might be the IMAXI screen. Um, and then there's another screen, which is the Arrow screen, which it, I think is probably day passes and maybe single tickets. That's like your discovery screen. No, I, I like literally. I mean, they're, actually, they're not even listing a discovery screen here. Um, that's weird. I don't know how that works. Right, Thursday sold out, but the, all the other days were available. Yeah, I mean, considering the fact that they had what, like, three or four view screens last year, I I do wonder if it's not sold as much as they usually do this year. How much is yeah, it? I don't, it's I don't think I think it's five pounds for a fucking festival pass this year. That's a lot of money. How much? Ninety. How much? Five. Hundred and ninety-five. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah, they they made a huge mistake, and I mean, I know it wasn't necessarily that they, they couldn't do that much about it, but that move next door, I think that's really really hurt them. That. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say discovery screen tickets that pass holders are entitled to uh, are are going to be bookable from Saturday the 19th apparently people took the piss and tried to and got more tickets than they were allowed to last year so literally they're limiting it and kind of doing it in in an advanced kind of thing this year that that doesn't surprise me I think I think the thing is, it's it, it kind of, it grew, it had it, it, its time, I think it's, it's maybe just going to kind of sort of settle back down to its sort of natural position. It rode across the wave of the, of the post kind of um, torch upon gore fest when horror films became a, a big shake again. And I think that's kind of, it's, it's simmered down a little bit. And the fact is, you know, People who want their, you know, people who are going to go to it are still going to go to it every year. Mm. But I don't think you're going to get people as much going as sort of first timers or wanting to just try. I just, I just, I don't see that mentality as much out there. I think that those people are already going to blow their wads going to fucking Glastonbury. I would look at it again, depending on what this year does. I would look at going again. I'd definitely consider going again maybe next year and doing a couple of days. I can't imagine ever I'd ever do the full five days again. No. Certainly not anytime soon. But if I did, it would have more to do with the it would have more to do as it has done in the past couple of years anyway, of sort of meeting up with you guys and getting pissed for a few days and watching a few movies while I'm at it. Yeah. And less about the festival. 
which I think that I think, you know, I speak for myself, but I think I speak for a few others of us. I know Dan's in a similar, similar situation where he's kind of, he's gone along, but he's kind of, and he's caught a few movies, but he's really just wanted to see people and have a drink. Yeah, which is I think what 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 we kind of did last time we went. The last yeah. couple of times we've been has been more right. Go, do you want to watch this movie? I, I could, but I could actually do another pint more. Yeah, yeah. This movie on three or four pints. I'm mm. gonna go with the pints. I, I tell you what, as well, um, on the opening night, one of the films showing is um, I've got to assume they're probably going to have some people there, but Death Note. Which is literally premiering on Netflix the oh, well. day after. Yeah, it is. Wingard's there, apparently. Uh, yeah, I, I, Wingard had to be there, really, didn't he, if they were going to do that. Oh, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. He's like, kind of connected I, to the festival anyway, really, isn't he? He's had films yeah. there before. I mean, you've got Cult of, the world premiere of Cult of Chucky is like that, the opening it, night like big film. That's that, VOD as well. Isn't that VOD in that out yeah, film? Yeah, as I think it's out the same weekend. I think. It's coming to America already. Like, um, no, yeah, Cult of Chucky. I think is like the opening film. Um, uh, you got Leatherface playing on the Friday. The world premiere of that, apparently. Um, uh, I, 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 I actually Hatchet tenth anniversary special event. Um, Great. Um, <laughs> yeah, anyway, right. Um, oh, no, actually, hang on a minute. Uh, UK uh, release date for Cult of Chucky is 24th of August, and then it says 23rd of October, video premiere in the UK. So, yeah, basically, it, it, it's playing Fright Fest on Thursday, the 24th of August, and then we'll yeah. be out on VOD a couple months after. Yeah, but it's out on um, it's out on DVD and Blu-ray um, a week later in the states. So I mean, I, I did actually watch the trailer for Cult of Chucky. Uh, was it last week or the week before? Um, and I was a I really was a big fan of uh, God. What was the last one called? Uh, Seed of Chucky was it? I can't yeah, remember. That sounds right. But that I really right. I really did actually like that. Um, so I'm kind of tempted to watch this. I, uh, I wasn't blown away by the trailer, um, but, you know, I liked the last one, and it's Don Mancini again, so so why not? Curse of Chucky was the last one. Curse of Chucky, yeah. I, yeah, that's, that's the one I really liked. Years ago, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was the one with the girl in the house. And isn't she, like, wheelchair-bound or some shit? Yeah. I think so, yeah. And it sort of, it felt a bit slightly less, com- well, it felt less comedic and it was genuinely sort of creepy in parts, which I quite liked. Uh, yeah, so. Of those, haven't there? Bloody, is this so. Yeah. Like Child's Play 1, Child's Play 2, Child's Play 3, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of uh, Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. Bloody hell. So that's. Eight? No, seven. It's a 4K box set waiting to be purchased, isn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. If, if they actually, to be fair, if they actually did a remaster of all the films in 4K and it wasn't just up 2K, you know, I might support that with my pounds when it's like down yeah. to 25 quid in Zavi. I can't imagine. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know, but I'd ha- I can't imagine the 
later entries would have been shot on film, though the the Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky, would they? Oh, that's a good point. Right. Attack of the Clones was literally shot in 2K. You probably don't have much hope for a Chucky film made a few <laughs> years after that, do you? No, fair no. news. Um, right, anyway, uh, we're a good half hour into the show, and here's the main review. Spider-Man Homecoming, directed by John Watt. Yeah, John, John Watt. John Watt. It stars Tom Holland, Marissa Tomei, apparently Zendaya, the tall girl that he likes, whose name escapes me. Sidekick, who's chubby, whose name escapes me. Um, Robert Downey Jr., he's in it. John Favreau, Michael Keaton, and the kid from the Grand Budapest Hotel, but this time he's a dickhead. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming is... Spider-Man, and he's fighting the Vulture, and we don't really don't need to do the plot synopsis because you've probably already seen it. Uh, Noel, did you like Spider-Man: Homecoming? Um, I I really did. I loved Yay! it. Yeah. Yay! Yay! I can't believe that Noel likes. <laughs> yeah. Um. No, no, I did it. I loved it. I mean, you know, it, it's funny because at the moment it feels like. It's it's kind of unanimous and everybody everybody's on board with it and everybody seems to like it. We'll see how that goes here. Obviously, I don't. I, you know, I'm not speaking for you two either, but it is. It, it's good to just have. It's a relief to just have a really fun, enjoyable Spider-Man uh, movie. Finally, um, I say finally. You know, I mean, since two thousand what seven was Spider-Man two. Um, Four. 2004? Blimey. Um, Spider-Man 3 was 2007. Spider-Man 3 was 2000. Well, I mean, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm I a big defender of Spider-Man 3 anyway. I think there's a good movie in Spider-Man 3. Um, you cut a couple of things out and there's there's, there's a good film there. Um, Venom. Um, which everybody knows. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's good to it's good to finally have a Spider-Man movie to be proud of and to be happy about. Um, the one thing that I was concerned about uh, going into this film was the amount that I'd already seen. Um, I thought that was going to cause me uh, big problems, and I, I, you know, I'd already pieced together the movie myself. Um, it didn't necessarily feel that way because although a lot of the stuff that's in the trailer is in there, they very cleverly manipulated things a little bit so that a lot of those scenes actually play out quite differently in, in the film itself. Um, so I quite enjoyed that aspect of it and just seeing how things ended up working out anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the Spider-Man movie we've all been waiting for, for a while. It's as everybody's already said, it's the Spider-Man movie that the last two Garfield films were not. Thank God. Um, there's not much time spent crying. Um, there's not much time spent, um, worrying over, um, relationships and, and stuff like that. Some of the things that bogged down some of the Raimi stuff. Um, and it seems less concerned with, uh, with getting some of the, the things, it seems less concerned with getting some of the things right 
that you would think a lot of people would kick off about. So I think uh, the main thing that I'm thinking about is sort of the peripheral characters. Uh, you know, there's there's characters in here which are part of Spider-Man, the Spider-Man comic book universe, uh, but they're dealt with in a little bit of a different way. And I like the fact that it didn't feel that it it didn't feel like that it really had to stick to things a little bit. I felt I liked the fact that it allowed itself to breathe a bit and do something different. Um, so yeah, it's good fun and um, highly enjoyable for many reasons. So yeah, loved it. Right. Now, I've got genuinely no idea what Mark thought because he keeps his cards so close to his chest. Mark saw this yesterday in a double bill with It Comes at Night, which is quite the fucking double bill. Um, yeah, um, it, it is. And it was, it was literally, I, I, I left um, Spider-Man. Um, I left Spider-Man, went to the bathroom, then walked straight into the other screen just as the BBFC title card for It Comes at Night came up. So it was that to there to there, which was... Which was fantastic too, I'm not gonna lie, it was great. And I'm now looking at every day off and going, why don't I go to the cinema at least two times every fucking day off? Um, but yeah, um I think if I had a think about a cinema unlimited card, I probably would. Um I, th- I thought it was it was really enjoyable. I thought it was it was it was very enjoyable. Um it felt it felt removed enough um from a lot of the um Marvel Universe stuff that's kind of getting a little bit a little bit bogged down in itself a little bit a little bit I don't want to, I don't want to say boring because I don't mean boring but a little bit tiresome to an extent um, this felt very much almost it, it, I, I, it's own little neighborhood story um, which I, I quite enjoyed that aspect of it um, in that sense there was I did have a few kind of minor grumbles, uh, but they were real sort of minor grumbles. But as a whole, I think it's it's terrifically entertaining. Um, it, it it may be it, it's still it still is a little bit too long, um, but nowhere near as 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 bad as as, as some of the these types of movies can get. Um, its pacing it's really quite nice. It, it flies by, uh, gets stuff done. I think um, Tom Holland is fantastic uh, both as Spider-Man and as uh, Peter Parker, he's not as there's less um, uh, sort of affectations to to his Peter Parker than there have been from the uh, previous two incumbents to it. I you get a feeling that he because he's a lot closer to being a sort of fifteen year old kid. I think that 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 makes sense. It felt like um, you're actually watching uh, a young kid sort of. the interactions feel more natural whereas previously you've looked at it and you've gone do you know what that is what a group of guys in their mid-30s think that a teenager does rather than it actually being what a teenager does and you know he's treated like a a kid and it sort of all spills around and like Noel was saying there's there's a lot going on with in terms of they, they don't seem to give a shit as much about the peripheral characters which I think is both good and to a detriment a little bit um the effectively the mj character I, I thought she was just quite weak to be honest um which is 
you're hoping that she becomes a better character as it goes through. She was the I one who she felt... She becomes a fucking character. Yeah, she, she, she... There was too much just snark there. It, it felt like she was... She felt like she was from a different movie put into this movie. Um... I there's a lot to enjoy about it. Um, Keaton is in fine Keaton form. I, I, I love the fact that um, they've literally cast Marisa Tomei so they can spend the entire film talking about how hot she is, which is true, she is. Um, and that's that's quite amusing. But yeah, except a few minor grumbles, but beyond that, it is a really, really, really enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's a great time. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely have a couple of issues with it as I alluded to there um, I, I mean I'll, I'll get on with it because I really like the film um, I do think that the contrivance even though it provoked it provoked some interesting stuff the contrivance of Keaton happening to be both the villain and the guy the, the, the girl she fancies he fancies dad is a bit too much for me to swallow and it feels a little bit lazy in injecting an emotional element to the hero villain battle I I'm very very scared about going back to the Raimi films at this point because a lot of Spider-Man Homecoming is so great, but mm. the relationship between Peter and Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2 I think was, it felt a lot more organic and I like you know, yes, again, they they knew each other and he turned out to be the bad guy, which I suppose is in a, it's very, it is similar but the emotional connection between the two I think is earned in Spider-Man 2 more than it's kind of earned at the end of this film. Like the the, the mid-credits thing, it's a bit like, well, I, it, why is why is Vulture like I'm never gonna tell? Is it because Spider-Man saved his life? He saved. Well, I got. I, I he let him off the first time because he saved his daughter's life, and he let him off the second time possibly because he saved his life there is the moment where he actually saves his life where he says to him i'm trying to save your life yeah um but also there's a suggestion to me that if anybody's going to do it he's going to be the one to do uh, it that, that's that's what i got with, yeah with and, 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 and also he's potentially get, we've got we've got like two of the sinister six now so is he going to be the one to to pull together the Sinister Six at some point, maybe, perhaps, oh, I don't know. okay, all right. So all maybe right. Well, they're going down that road. I think, um, okay, I've, I've potentially misread then. Okay, that's that's fair enough. That's how um, I saw it, anyway. No, 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 fair enough then. I, it's, um, yeah, I, it, it just, when, like, he opened the door, it was just, I, I was a bit like, oh, God, See, really? I, the, the, I'm kind of half with you and half not because yeah I, I could see that though yeah yeah I mean it, the thing is is it wouldn't be as much of a problem if we hadn't been bored to death with that stuff already in not in this franchise but in these Spider-Man films it got to a point with 
the Raimi films and the the Amazing Spider-Man films where it was almost a joke that nothing could exist in this universe that wasn't connected to yeah. Peter Parker. He, you know, he had to be his his mentor or his, you know, somebody who knew this person or somebody who knew that person or somebody who lived right next door to him and stuff like that. And it became a joke. And this film seemed to be avoiding an awful lot of things that were connected, uh, sorry, an awful lot of tropes that were associated with both Raimi's films and the Mark Webb films. So for it to do that then, all of a sudden you're a bit like, oh, really? Okay. But at the same time, I have to look at it on its own merit and go, well, if those films didn't exist, I would have really liked that moment. And in fact, I can forgive, I can forgive it all of that purely for the scene that follows it. The, the scene in the yeah. car, although it is very familiar and although it does feel like the dinner table scene from Spider-Man 2 where they're both kind of trying to suss each other out and does Peter know he's the goblin and does the goblin know he's he's Spider-Man? Although it does feel kind of reminiscent of that, the moment where just when the camera is on Michael Keaton's face and his eyes are flicking, just he's flicking from the mirror back, back and forward, flick, 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 flick. It was just fucking magical. (laughs) Watching his face was just magic. And, this isn't an original thought. I picked it up from a, from a different uh, podcast, but um, the fact that uh, you can have a moment in a in a in a film of this kind that is so strong and so memorable and involves no CGI, nobody in costumes, nobody exploding anything, but is a really strong and memorable scene. I'm always going to remember that scene uh, just for. Michael Keaton's eye flicks and the sort of the look on uh, Tom Holland's face as he's kind of, you know, ignoring his date and sort of shitting himself and not really knowing what's coming next. I I loved that scene so much that I just I have to forgive, I have to forgive that sort of little tired element that that gave it to us. Absolutely, and I mean, it, I, 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 okay. So I mean, I suppose. Getting get to the positive for uh, for me, I, I mean, I, I'm sure that there maybe there'll be some negative stuff coming up. But one of the things I really liked about this as well is that they, you know, geeky kids these days aren't. It doesn't seem like they're the social pariahs. That, they're not weird science anymore. Yeah, no. yeah, that, and you know. It's not even like compared to like the the, the Maguire film <laughs> films. It's he seems you know like, rel- not popular, but he's not constantly being bullied. And even the bully mm. in this it, film is a smart kid because yeah, he doesn't get he doesn't get pushed into a locker or anything like that, does he? No, no, exactly. It's you know it, it it's just it's obviously that and the fact that Flash. Is obviously jealous of him, you mm. know, which which you you haven't had. I mean, because um, who the fuck played Flash in um, the, the rainy ones? It's someone who. Oh, it was some complete bullethead, wasn't it? But that's 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 what I was saying about you know having like having the the courage to approach this film and look at a character like Flash Thompson, 
and not only look at the character of Flash Thompson and, and say, all right, well, you know, maybe bullies these days aren't kind of how they've been portrayed in movies and comic books for years and years and years, but to actually take a character like Flash Thompson, who has a much wider... It was Joe um, Manginello, by the way. It was what, sorry? It was Joe oh, was Manginello. It? That's right, it was. Shit. Wow. I knew it was someone. But, you know, to, 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 to eradicate the sort of jock bully trope that is so established in comic books and film is one thing, but to, to do it when the character is Flash Thompson, who has a much bigger role in the Spider-Man universe that they're trying to create because he's the guy who ends up being Venom and an agent Venom is, is a daring thing to do. Cause you know, this kid as great as he was in this, he's never going to be Venom. He's never going to be agent Venom. He's never going to work for shield. I wouldn't have thought, um, just cause he's, he's weedy and he's a bit of a dick and you can imagine he's going to get his comeuppance one day. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's quite daring what they've done and, you know, we'll get on to the, we'll get on to the MJ thing. But I mean, that aside, um, I think it was quite interesting that they that they had the opportunity to sort of play with characters a little bit and and craft out a new universe for themselves that helps us forget about the one that came before it immediately before it. I mean, not the Sam Raimi stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I mean that that to be fair. I mean, if the Amazing Spider-Man universe was already forgot like forgotten beforehand, this is going to be even oh yeah more so. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so weird that that film was only three years ago, like The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Wow. And yet, yeah. it already feels like it was a fucking lifetime ago. Mm. Um, I, I, I want to re-watch The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I haven't sent to the cinema. and I have. Um, I, I watched enjoyed, a bit of it. Yeah. I enjoyed it enough in the cinema. It was enjoyable enough in the cinema. It fell apart on rewatch. I remember Because I remember defending it. Um, yeah, I think we, we we both quite enjoyed it on the when we spoke on the podcast. But then, yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it it doesn't hold up. I mean, just now, Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn. Oh, that's such that's now that's such weird casting. Yeah. I think the, the thing is the the Amazing Spider-Man that that universe kind of disbanding and kind of going away seems like it was right for everybody involved <laughs> Mark Webb didn't want to be part of it Andrew Garfield didn't want to do it anymore Emma Stone didn't want to do it anymore Dane DeHaan didn't want anything to do with it anymore yeah. it just seems like every, it, it just it was made it was, for the wrong was, reasons the whole, everybody involved in it was, was doing it for the wrong reasons it feels like to me yeah and, and I think one, you know, one of the big positives out of that experience is it caused them to look at the Spider-Man that they had and the Peter Parker that they had and come up with something new. Now I think Tom Holland, yes, Tom Holland is absolutely great in, in this film and in, in Captain America Civil War and the way he's playing Peter Parker is youthful and exuberant and stuff like that. But I think it really, really helps that they've, they've cast someone who seems genuinely like Peter Parker, excited to be Spider-Man and, you know, isn't an actor either approaching or in his mid-30s, who actually would much rather be trying to figure out how he's going to end up working with Martin Scorsese. Like, this, Tom Holland is not thinking about how he's going to get to work with Scorsese at this point. He's just like, fuck, I'm Spider-Man, fuck, this is great. And 
that's you it. brought that to the role because that's what that's what they want from Peter Parker. They want Peter, Peter Parker to be fuck. I'm I'm an Avenger. This is great. So it just comes through, and you know, it's well, great. Cast. I still said that the that the the only thing he ever really liked about Spider Man was. Um, seeing the reaction where he went to like do junkets for like kids and things like that. He said beyond it, he said it was just a mistake. I shouldn't have done it. He said, and that's not a, it's ruined my career, horrible mistake. He said, I just, I made a decision, got into it and then realised very quickly that it, it, I shouldn't have done it. It won't for me. Well, well, look, Mark, we can all dress up as Spider-Man and go to a kid's party, all right? That's not a problem. <laughs> it's just, that doesn't necessarily qualify you to be in a Spider-Man movie, that's all. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and of course they, they they got Mark Webb to direct them because his surname's Webb <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I still genuinely believe that is one of the reasons why he got the gig <laughs> and though 500 days of summer be damned you know oh, God. Yeah. what a shame um, but back to this film um, yeah so right I want to talk about the Zendaya thing. I don't know who Zendaya is, but she's obviously someone if she only has one name. She was in, um, I think it's called Shake It Up, um, which was the um, TV show that also launched, um, shit, what's her name? Uh, Bella Thorne. Demi Lovato. Uh, huh? No, no, it's, it, 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 this, is, this is Post Lovato, Disney Channel. This also launched Bella Thorne's um, career as oh. well. What's a Bella Thorne? Bella, you, know, you know Bella Thorne is. I know Bella Thorne is. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying any more than that. Oh, yes. I think I need yes. to find out who Bella you, you, Thorne is. You, 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 actually, no, you couldn't. She's 19. Okay. <laughs> Still not saying any more. Um, okay. I'm 40. <laughs> like I've said before, it's not legal. It's just... <laughs> oh, okay. So she's kind of like, what... Like, 75% Jessica Chastain, 25% Anna Hathaway? Is yes. That what, is that, 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 would be, that would be very accurate. Uh, but there's also, a little, there's, there's a, I'd say there's a 10% bit of goth thrown in there as well. Yeah, just you, you also need to throw in um, the attitude that Miley Cyrus had uh, of, I'm, I'm shedding this fucking Disney skin. Yeah. She, I think she posted herself getting a bikini wax on her Snapchat. Right. Yeah. So that's why you need to know about Darth Maul. <laughs> she's okay. a game girl. She is a game girl. And apparently she smells terrible. Uh, <laughs> but that was an article in the mail recently. Apparently yeah. she wants to... She wants to wife Dove, Dove Cameron. What, what does that mean? Who's Dove Cameron? I don't think you need to know. Anyway, Zendaya. <laughs> what the fuck? Right, I... D- <laughs> Jesus fucking God, no! We're gonna have daughters. I know. Gonna be yeah. into these fucking things, man. Like, I mean, Mark's. I don't know what where is he's at with that developmental kind of thing, but fuck. well past it, mate. <laughs> I don't think she. I don't think Izzy needs any of this shit, does she? She's yeah. Yeah, yeah no, she she's uh, she seems to have her head screwed on. Apart from the fact that Facebook keeps on telling me to add her, which I think. I think it's more Mark's, it's more Mark's wheelhouse, really, isn't it? Let's face it. Let's be honest. Yes, it is. So, right. So Zendaya, like, so uh, is this supposed to be some sort of like, oh, look, she's playing the rebellious 
slightly gothy looking girl. Like, so I'm assuming that's some sort of like change <coughs> from what she usually does or something. No, I think it is, isn't it? Uh, very it's limited. Probably a bit more. Not really. She, she's. She plays more of the the straight up girl, but uh, it's not really, it's not really a big fucking step away from what she's been doing. I I will say I liked. I think the one thing I liked with her really, and it's not that she was bad. It was just there was nothing there. But no, she's fine. The character's just badly written. Yeah, but like when, I think Ned's waving at Peter, and she's just smiling and sticking her finger up at him. Um, I did. I did quite enjoy that moment. Like, it, it, almost like the finger, the finger up was like a wave. Um, yeah. I, 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 yeah. That was that was fun. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, it just like right at the end, it's like, oh, my friends call me MJ. It's oh, fuck's sake. Right, fine. Do they? Cool. All right. So, are you actually going to do something in the next one? Then, brilliant. I look forward to it. Um, I didn't. I didn't have too much of a problem with her. It just it feels like an odd thing to do because it's kind of unnecessary. Because you're either all in or you're all out. She's not Mary Jane Watson. Clearly, her name's Michelle, so she's not Mary Jane Watson. She's yeah. not going to be Mary Jane Watson. So why bother? You know, for the sake of just saying. For just for the sake of just using the phrase MJ and making everybody go, oh, she's MJ when she's not. Why bother? Like, I mean, I've you know I've complained for a long time that the casting for for Mary Jane Watson has always been wrong. Mary J- the, the 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 casting of of Mary Jane Watson in in Raimi's films was wrong. Kirsten Dunst is not <laughs> Mary Jane Watson. Um, and uh, what's her face? Who was going to be Mary Jane Watson, but then wasn't? She didn't really seem like Mary Jane Watson to me either. Certainly not the Mary Jane Watson I grew up reading, reading about in comics and in, uh, in Amazing Spider-Man. Um, but now we're at a stage where I don't mind that Mary Jane Watson can be whatever she needs to be for, for today's Spider-Man fans. I'm fine with it. Whatever, I don't care. So either go in, all in, or, or don't. Like don't just. Confu- don't just tease something that's sort of confused because she's not really. I mean, are they hoping to introduce MJ? Are they hoping to introduce Mary Jane Watson further down the line? Because if so, that's going to no, be really fucking confusing. No. They're just going to never, never bring her into it. Yeah, apparently, yeah. Which is fine. I don't need to see Mary Jane Watson. She's a very 80s, 90s character, so it makes sense that they would want to move things on. I just don't know why they feel the need. You know, they've got Liz Allen in here. Liz Allen came before Gwen Stacy and before Mary Jane Watson. So they're they're, they're more than willing to use other peripheral characters and, and bring them into it. So I just don't understand what their plan is here. If she's going to be the main interest, main love interest in the future, then why is she MJ but not MJ? It just doesn't make sense. I agree. I'm just. I just hope they're playing on a CG de-aged Kirsten Dunst, like because <laughs> then I can like I don't know relive my early noughties masturbation fantasies again. I don't know. <laughs> like, what you mean over interview with a vampire? <laughs> oh, steady on, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> Dark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah so I don't yeah. mind. I don't know. I, 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 she didn't bother me too much. I just find it a bit confusing what why they bothered to do that. Yeah, it, it does seem like a why. Just yeah. you're just you're just doing it. It's almost like an in joke between them, but it's like it's not. It's between the almost a billion dollars that you're wanting to make from this movie. That's not an in joke. That's yeah. it's just it's just a little bit like ah. You didn't need to do that, did you? Well, I don't even necessarily feel like Mary Jane Watson is such an intrinsic part of what people need from a Spider-Man movie at the moment. Like, it doesn't... It feels like... I don't think anybody who is the target audience for this now was going to this, going, oh, God, I hope they've got Mary Jane in there somewhere. Yeah, they they weren't. It was, I want Spider-Man and I want Iron Man. Yeah, I want a good Spider-Man film. That's that's all people were bothered about. And yeah, and the more I am on, the better. Which so. uh, classy segue there. Um, how were we with Downey here? Uh, there was one particular scene where you could tell where you know the, the bit where he's getting the suit back off him. Huh. That kind of pulled me out of the movie because you could tell that. That wasn't Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. facing each other. That was standing and Tom Holland standing and Robert Downey Jr. And it completely fucking pulled me out of the movie yeah, for about yeah, two or three it's, minutes. It's, it, they, 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 they're never in the same shot together. It's shot on the shot on the other. Yeah. And you look at it going, do you know what? This movie cost $175 million. You should be able to make it look more like that's the back of Robert Downey Jr.'s fucking head. Yeah. And it just for some reason, but, but when we're talking about niggles, if that was my biggest niggle in this fucking movie, then it's doing pretty fucking well. Quite. The one thing I will say is I I I, uh, I enjoyed the fact that there wasn't too much Iron Man in there, and there wasn't yeah. too much Downey Jr. in there, which was another concern going into this. I did. I wanted just. I just wanted. Um, it's unusual for me to say, but I didn't want much Iron Man, I just wanted a little slice of it. Um the one well, thing no, I will no, say you, is you fucking hate Iron Man free, so I I'd, I'd say like the the less Iron Man for you the better. <laughs> well this brings me to my next point, Ian. Thank you. Um but like the, the, if this <laughs> if this film is fixing Spider Man then it also kind of fixed Iron Man for me a little bit because um my complaint about Iron Man three um is that you don't get to see Iron Man in a kick-ass new suit doing something kick-ass, and you do hear in the you know the the one little moment that he's in, he turns up in a brand new suit and it's a fully functional suit. It's not operating at sixty-four percent. It's not not it's not like him doing kick-ass things and he's not in it. Although it is at one point, you know it's it's you see him in the suit doing something amazing, and you don't get that in Iron Man three. That was my my main problem with that film. Um, so it was good to it was a good balance I thought it was it was nice and uh, I'm not crazy about the Iron Spider <laughs> suit but um, hopefully that's not going to come up again I don't ever want to see that suit again no, well, no I mean like, I, what, I, don't think, I don't think you will I mean he was back in no, the I think the, it was intentionally garish Stark yeah. suit wasn't he yeah quite yeah, yeah. I think it was intentionally garish I liked um, I liked the fact that they brought that moment into it. I thought that was really funny. There's a couple of um, really nice comic book references in this. Um, 
So there's one in particular I'll talk about in a minute, but there's the the, the one um, that one moment where towards the end where he shows him the iron spider suit and he sort of says, you know what, well, it's not for me. Uh, oh, was this a test? It was like, oh, you know, because apparently he's got like a press conference going on in the other room where he's going to reveal Spider-Man to the world. I love the idea that the scene, although it doesn't work as a timeline, but the scene that sort of helps kick off Civil War it was going to happen in the other room. Spider-Man was going to stand in front of a room full of, of people with cameras and take off his his his, uh, his oh, mask and say, That's a really I'm, yeah. good point. I yeah. had four of that. What's that? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they that's what was going to happen. I know, like I say, it doesn't work chronologically because by that point, Civil War has already happened. Oh, but it's uh, a fun little nod, though, isn't it? Oh, little, shit. Lovely little nod. Um, yeah. The other one, which was an even bigger one for me, um, was uh, there is a moment in there where um, you know the moment where um, Spider-Man is in, in is in his sort of pre-Stark uniform and he's stood in front of the Vulture and the Vulture's got the his thing flying around and he's like, oh, you've not been able to catch me, and he's like, oh, I was just going to bring the bring the place down on you. Yeah, I'm not trying to catch you. <laughs> yeah, he brings the place down on him, and as soon as that happened. I went, oh, fuck, they're doing the final chapter. And it's an old Steve Ditko um, from the mid-60s, I think. Um, it's a, it's an old Steve Ditko strip where the majority of the uh, of the issue is just Spider-Man trapped under rubble and he's thinking about everything that's going wrong and he's got to get this thing because he's got to get to Aunt May because she really needs him and MJ's going to be disappointed and everything's crashed and he, he genuinely he starts to give up and it's the moment where he sort of, he's, he's at his absolute lowest ebb and he's going to break and, and he sort of finds this strength to just go, no, I've got to, I've got to be more than this. And I've got to sort of push myself out of this situation. And it's beautifully drawn by Steve Ditko. And it's one of the finest moments of, of Spider-Man comic book history. And as soon as that building came down on him, I was just like, Oh my God, they're actually going to do this. And, I was nearly in tears just watching it, just just seeing him trapped under the rubble and waiting for him to break a little bit. Just and and he totally broke as well. Just you know, you can almost hear him. He almost starts to cry at one point. His his yeah, voice yeah. breaks a little bit. And although that was intense, I knew what they were doing. So I was like, I know he's just going to go and come out of this uh, and come out of it. So ah oh, fuck, it was so good, just so so uh good to see that on film i mean it's a little bit different to how it how it's set up and how it plays out in the in the actual comic but it's a very clear nod uh, that they were going for that it was just fucking brilliant to see that on screen nice fucking i'm loving the positivity it's not often we have no one he's positive it's wonderful <laughs> um Shit. So, do you what? think that Iron Man um, would have had that plane um, kind of a little bit more secure though? That plane, the plane that it got all of the fucking stuff. Oh yeah, on. and it, they do seem to be a, a hijack it with relative ease. Well, to be fair, wasn't oh. it fucking like invisible and some shit? And they they needed that special thing that that guy was working on. That the high... you, you, you would you, you would get the feeling that 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 they wouldn't be fooled by just like a drone. 
Yeah, yeah, to be fair, like, like, are these fucking robot Iron Man suits I was just going to say... Or some shit. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. if I had the choice the between Happy Hogan and my Iron Legion protecting uh, all of this magic stuff and, like, a box full of arc reactors, I'd probably stick the Iron Legion on it. Yeah. That's rather it. than hapless ha- Happy Hogan and his iPad. <laughs> yeah. John Favreau and his increasing waistline. <laughs> his increasing headline. How big is that guy's head? He's fucking huge. Yes. <laughs> Surprising you'll get on the plane. <laughs> There's people who don't age well, and he's not aging well. Oh, he's just getting wider, isn't he? He's going to be like a hammerhead shark by the time he's in his 50s. He's, I would, I thought he's you not going to fucking make his 50s the way he's going, to be fair. but I thought you were going to say he's going to be like a ham. And it's like, <laughs> oh, it's, he's, he's got a head like a ham. <laughs> Every time he was on as well, I did think to myself, "Fuck, how how pleased is he that he cast himself in that first Iron Man movie right uh, now?" Yeah, he is. Well, there's, there's Do you want to No. I mean, that's the thing, though. Fair play to John Favreau because now he just gets to show up every now and then, and you know, be in comic book films, which he's obviously loving. And you know, I mean, like he doesn't have to be in them, and he's busy enough, but he. You know, he elects to do it anyway, probably just because he enjoys... You know, he probably had a meeting with John Watt, and he was just like, yeah, it's a, I'll work with him. This looks like yeah. fun. I get to work with Robert Downey Jr. again, and why the fuck not, you know? Well, I mean, it's you know, important. He, as a director, he's actually ridiculously successful as well. Yeah. And it's so, important yeah. to remember that he was hired for Iron Man 1 purely because he was so, he's, he is a huge fan of the source material. He is a huge fan of Iron Man. They didn't cast him because he was a massive director because nobody thought Iron Man was going to be as successful as it was going to be. You know, mm. he Iron Man was a second tier uh, character and and, uh, and wasn't really hadn't had any attention really before then. So, you know, he he's there because he loves it and fair play to him. I quite like him in in that role. He's 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 a bit. It works. It works. Yeah. Yeah, it really does work. And you know, it's it, like you say, it's. It's quite nice when you turn up in, or, every so often, you know. It, it's it, it kind of it feels right the fact that it's not just it's not just Robert Downey Jr. that survived since like the first proper Marvel movie of this you know this phase, I suppose, or this um, incarnation of the world. Yeah. So the Miles Morales link. Does everybody know about this now? Was it fucking Donald Glover's nephew or some shit? Yeah, so I'm happy with it because it works. I think Miles Morales is is uh, is going to be a useful addition. Um, it's nice how Miles Mor- It's nice how Donald Glover was the inspiration for Miles Morales, and now he's being given the opportunity to introduce Miles Morales into this universe. I think it's a nice thing to give him um so and I, th- I think it's nice that they've set it up in a way that they could introduce this they could introduce miles either in a few years time or in 15 years time because we've no idea how, how old he is um so yeah i was i was happy with that it's a yeah, nice cheeky that, it's yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. It's basically once Tom Holland's contract is over, they can get mm. a kid in to be Miles Morales. You know, it, 
And it'll be it'll be interesting in ten years or however long it is to have a Spider Man who's not Peter Parker. You know, mm. that that will be fun. Yeah. But I I don't know, Donald Glover I'm not entirely like sure I was convinced by him as a well, like a gang banger or something. It's I don't I no. don't think he, he I don't think he wears that particularly well. It'll be interesting to see what they do with him because he. I don't think they'll go because his his character is the Prowler in the comics, and the Prowler is kind of like a, a thief and a a cat burglar kind of person in in a big sort of uh, in a big costume. But I obviously I don't think they're going to go full costume. I think they'll probably because basically what happens is the Prowler is a bad guy and a thief who sort of turns to a life of crime, but Peter Parker and Spider-Man sort of wins in background and manages to convince him not to live a life of crime. And I think that helps set up the, the Miles Morales kind of, uh, you know, a sort of uh, parental role for, for him. I think it's connected to that. I've not read much Morales stuff, but um, so it'll be interesting to see if they go down that route or if this is just a one-off and it's just like, because he didn't really do much. And I, I don't know if the intention is to bring him back and do more and have him as not an informant, but a connection to the underworld somehow, or I don't know. In the, the, um, to be honest, the bit I enjoyed most about that scene between the two of them was the voice thing. That, <laughs> that, that, was, that was fucking fantastic. Like, the... I, I did like the fact that Stark's shit mainly got in the way. That, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. that was a clever little subversion of what um, what you expect. Mm. You know, there there was kind of some cool shit there, and I'm assuming in the later one, like in the next one, he's going to know what he's doing in that suit. But the fact that it was like all oh, this stuff's cool, there, there's so much of it. What? How the fuck do I use it? You know, I, I like that aspect of it. Um, yeah. Um, and the fact that apparently the um, the the voice, the Karen. whatever her name was, it was Jennifer Connolly. Yeah. Uh, which with the Paul Bettany as Vision thing, I think was a lovely touch. Actually. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, like that, that pretty fucking inspired that. Um, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm losing my thread slightly here, but it's it's interesting that we've talked for a while on this film and we've not really talked about the action sequences and I, I, I think that's a strength of the film because the action's fine but mm. the fact that there's so much to talk about other than that mm. kind of shows how strong a film it is yeah the, the action's fine but it, it and it, it is it, it, it's fine but it, I like the fact that it's not it's not the be on end all of this movie yeah it, it it's a few little bits. They're not. There's so much more to it, and it feels better. It, it it's better suited to it. I think. Mm. I think that they. It seems like they're maybe learning from not mistakes, but maybe going. Do you know what? We can't drop into the city from the fucking sky. Uh, yeah, no. Exactly. Yeah. And there is a. I mean, there is a. There is a a big fight at the end. There is a climactic scene, but. <sighs> Although it's it's not grounded, it's mainly in the sky. It's it feels grounded. It feels because you've had sort of this street level adventure, 
um, throughout the film. And because everything has felt, you know, it's not set in Manhattan, like it's set in Queens and a lot of it's set in the suburbs. And you, you there's really nice touches where, you know, Spider-Man needs to get from A to B and he can't because there's no buildings to swing off because he's in the middle of fucking nowhere and he has to run across <laughs> a golf course. Like, yeah. It's not just this automatic. Everything's happening in Queens. Like, uh, sorry, everything's happening in Manhattan. I can shoot from skyscraper, skyscraper to skyscraper. Everything feels just at a lower, friendly neighborhood kind of level. Mom. Yeah, and that sort of that allows them to have a set piece at the end, and a set piece in the middle. But and uh, but a set piece at the end where, you know, you've got. Um, you've got the sort of plane sequence and crashing on the beach and fighting there. And it feels just a little bit, the stakes feel contained and, and contained to that world. And it sort of doesn't, it doesn't feel like, well, where the fuck is Iron Man? Because it's a problem that's on a different level that wouldn't need to involve Iron Man or Thor or the Avengers or whatever. So mm. uh, I think that worked really, really well. Absolutely. I think of the three key sort of action scenes, um, the climactic one and the, uh, what's that needle called? Um, Washington Monument? Washington Monument, yeah. Yeah, of the plane bit and the Washington Monument bit and the boat bit, the boat bit, I liked the least, I think, just because, I mean, I enjoyed parts of it and obviously enjoyed seeing Iron Man show up, but there was some, there was some stuff associated with it where it just didn't sort of work physically for me. I didn't understand why everybody wasn't dead. Do you know what I mean? It didn't, (laughs) I didn't understand why the boat hadn't already sank by this point. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I agree. Is that picky? (laughs) (laughs) And also, why when the boat starts splitting wide as water, shoot up through it? Mm. That just seems like like I don't I don't I don't, I don't know whether physics actually works like that, does it? That's very true. I just I just think when you cut a boat in half, all the webbing in the world is just it's not gonna really, and you can't just push it back together. I just I don't know. It didn't really. <laughs> yeah, that, that's got to be really fucking precise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt a little bit sorry for the guys when they actually get back and get everybody off. The guy who goes, "Are we insured for this?" <laughs> that, that, this must cost a lot. Yeah. There was it. There was quite a nice moment in that though, where it's like there's the one dude who's on the the, the Staten Island ferry and he sort of he's like, "Hey, Spider Man!" <laughs> and then about yeah. five minutes later, he's like. Hey, Iron Man! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. Um, There's a couple of nice moments. Like another uh, thing that I wanted to mention is is how um, I liked how sort of inept Spider-Man was at times, and I don't just mean in dealing with the Stark tech and sort of dealing with his powers. I mean just tiny little moments of, and we saw it, in the, I think we saw it in the trailer actually, but the, the moment of the bank heist where you see him sort of turn up and whereas Andrew Garfield would sort of like, would have like sort of slunk up and sort of, hey, fucking, and start taking the piss out of people. Tom Holland's Peter Parker, he doesn't even know how to stand. 
Like he doesn't know how to stand cool. He's, he's like, how do I lean? What do I say? Like he's, he looks all awkward and his elbows are in the wrong place. And he's like, oh, like just little things like that just make it feel a little bit more, um, you know, authentically teenage rather than just a dude who's all of a sudden a lot more confident because he's got a fucking leather suit on. I, yeah, I mean, I, I also enjoyed the implied racism of the bit at the start where he thinks that guy's nicking the car and he was just trying to get into it. <laughs> yeah. Which, for a film as obviously like racially diverse as it is, I thought was a bit weird. It, but I, do you see what I mean, though? It's like because well, he like, was he was trying to get into the car with like a coat anger or something, wasn't he? Though. Yeah. Yeah, in that case, I completely take that back. And I he was using one of those things you stick down the window, wasn't it? A splint, it's called. Splints, right? Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, that's the second thing I've misread about this film. So it's obviously a five-star banger, and I just need to quiet. I hope you never get bit by a radioactive spider, Ian. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, which, by the way. Praise be for not doing another origin and just going, yeah, I got a bit bit oh, yeah. spider. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get bit by it? No, I think it's probably dead now. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> Great. I wonder if they're ever gonna touch on that or if they're ever gonna touch on Uncle Ben. I mean I don't think it, they the, will. The, 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 I don't think not even really it. mentioned in this. I thought no. it was nice made sense. I yeah, I just I love the fact that with <laughs> You know, as I've said, I feel like I've been saying it for so long now. Um, I love the fact that we're in a position where we, where huge comic book movies like this, a little bit of trust is starting to seep through, and a little bit of trust is starting to sort of, you know, we're getting a little bit of trust in audiences. We know who Batman is. We know who Superman is. We know who Spider Man is. We know who Wolverine is, even at this point. So, just trust us. Let Batman show up. Let Spider-Man show up. Um, let Logan be in a fucking weird, ultra-violent Western thing. Like, you know, w- w- we're in a position where the people making comic book movies are starting to think about the story a little bit more and the character a little bit more because they don't necessarily feel bogged down in things like Origin. And I think that's a really, really good place for us to be. It's a positive step, certainly. It's so, it's so, it, there's so many good stories out there and and so many you know good moments in comic book history there that, that that they can draw on and i feel like they're finally getting the confidence and the trust in audiences to actually start doing that so it's it's a it's a wonderful thing it's a good time blimey that was that a bit too positive or <laughs> it is a really positive time for for comic book movies that you'll come on and fucking rag on for <laughs> the next fucking few years. <laughs> it's Justice League soon, anyway, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh, fuck, is that the next one? <laughs> Shit, no. I thought it was, oh, Ragnarok was the next one. I no, think it, it is it's for Ragnarok. Oh, I thought Ragnarok was October. Ragnarok's October. Justice League's November. Oh, is it? Oh, I thought yeah. Justice League. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Good. Well, that'll ruin the year for us. Yeah, Justice we'll... League is this year. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. So the Wonder Woman and Justice League in it. Yeah, they're up in the stakes. Fucking hell. Yeah, and then what, are we supposed to get, like, 
the Flash next year, are we? Or something, maybe? <laughs> yeah, right. That's what we're supposed to, like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, they can get a di- if they can get a director to stay around for more than three weeks, then maybe, yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is a fair point. No, but, but that's that. I think the Flash has got a, a, a release date of, of 2018. I think it's supposed to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think they've, I don't think they've changed that or altered that at this point. But it's clearly not going to happen. Well, Aquaman's next year. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, that's 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 like shooting. That that's going to be fine. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know after that. So Justice League, I think, is supposed to be. Isn't it supposed to be two films? Oh, is it? Or, or is it just one now? Like, because I know, like, Joss Whedon's on it now, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. Is he is he like fully on board now? That no, I think he's just doing the. He's basically wrapping it up. Uh, right. I don't yeah, think he's like, he's doing reshoots. and yeah. apparently, like, Snyder's pretty much like off now. Oh right, so okay. I it's going to be interesting to see how the direction credit works there. To be fair. Yeah, um, is I think it's. I don't. I don't think he'll get a credit on this one. Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it's just the fact that it's so highly publicised, and if he doesn't get a credit, it'd be really weird. Um, it's the circumstances, though, isn't it? Really, it's just the circumstances of Zack Snyder leaving it and having completed ninety-five percent of the film. It would just feel a bit dirty to give him a co-credit. I just. I feel like he'll probably just get a. Uh, so second unit credit. I don't know. That's true. That's true. I don't know. But yeah, I just uh, the Flash uh, movie scheduled for sixteenth of March two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, yeah, no. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's not. I, mean, I think it's um, there's still a director for it, though, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that thing. The, it, it's t- it's been taken off their slate now. It would appear Aquaman's next year. Shazam is the year afterward. Cyborg scheduled for 2020. It'll all depend on what happens in next. I think with Justice League, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know. I remain positive. I want Justice League to be good. I'm, I'm not. Com- I'm not 100% convinced it's going to be. To be honest, I think firing a mess of characters at a Zack Snyder uh, DC movie doesn't feel like a, a winning formula to me. Um, I hope. I hold out hope for it, but. I don't necessarily think that the I don't necessarily think that Wonder Woman is a great movie because of uh, Gal Gadot. So uh, I think it's a great movie because of the director. So I just don't mm, hold out an awful lot of hope for for Justice League. So we'll see. But um, still, Thor Ragnarok, I'll do. Straight up. Uh, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Definitely not shit, yeah. Audience vote. Uh, definitely not shit. 82%. Touching clock, 18%. And shit, 0%. Nice. Um, seeing as uh, Noel will be uh, exiting uh, before we get to questions, uh, there is actually a question that relates to Spider-Man. Um, Spider-Man? Spider-Man. Yeah, um, from uh, Rick Kid at Rick J Kid said, inspired by the Spider-Man post credit scene, what are the best occurrences of a film deliberately trolling its own audience? That is the best example of a film trolling its own audience. <laughs> it, it, it was. It was. It is great. It, yeah. It is. It is nice. Yeah. I, I, I did. I did laugh 
at it whilst also going, fuck you, I need to pee so much and I need to get you another movie, but bravo, well done. I told you about the guys in my screening, though, didn't I? Oh, what? They were not amused, man. Yeah. 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 There was, there was a, a bunch of guys uh, sat further back. I was in, like, row four. I always sit in row four, and these guys were, like, way, way further back. Um, and they were sat there right into the credits, and the credits felt really long on this as well. Yeah. Um, and they were sat there, and I think a couple of them were like, no, 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 there will be, there will be. Like, sit, sit, no, 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 we're not going anywhere. There will be, there definitely will be, and all this type of thing. Um, and then it came on, and as soon as Cap shows up and he says patience like that i just thought oh you bastard something but i laughed and i got it and i thought great good on you these guys at the back like one of them just went fuck you fuck you man just started going off his head and they were all just like oh i can't believe it just like really kicking off um so they weren't pleased they just did not get it at all um i was like fuck man if if i'm not pissed off you shouldn't be pissed off yeah, <laughs> an extreme reaction. <laughs> yeah. But to answer the question, um, and again, I, I, again, um, I'm going to refer to this film because it's a film that I have a lot of problems with. But the trolling of the audience in this case is is not is not the problem that I have with it. Uh, Iron Man three. Um, I think a lot of people felt very hard done by by the Mandarin reveal. So I think for a lot of people, that is um, Shane Black kind of just sticking a finger up to to, 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 to fans of comic books and just say, no, I'm going to make my movie, not your movie. Um, I actually quite like the Mandarin reveal in Iron Man 3. It's one of the few things that I do like. I think the Mandarin as a character is a bit too ridiculous for the for the current Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Universe. So I, I wasn't really that bothered when it turned out to be uh, the actor. Um, but yeah, I think that's a, that's kind of a good example of uh, of a filmmaker sticking a finger up to the to the comic book movie fans. Um, mm. I, I'd say Ridley Scott in this year's Alien Covenant for uh, the. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to spoil Alien Covenant here, Noel. But um, you know, probably never going to watch it at this point. To be honest. Enough. Um, for the uh, Billy Crudup um, having a chest burster after what seems to be 30 seconds and Ridley Scott just going I don't give a fuck about how long these things take it just I want this to happen so it's going to happen happened in in days in the original one I fuck it 30 seconds whatever fine fuck it I'm really worried about rewatching Alien Covenant. I'm really, really worried about it because yeah. that film got worse in my head. Yeah, uh, I, I, I want to say for that uh, film deliberately trolling its audience. Um, the Hangover Part Two, just for literally, for, for literally, Todd Phillips, for Todd Phillips going. We're just going to make the same movie, set it somewhere fucking different. That I want to go on holiday and basically do the same fucking script, but. But you you'll fucking watch it and you'll lap it up, and then the Hangover Part Three going really? You're gonna give us more money to make a third? Well, fuck it. I'm gonna make a shit action movie, and I'm gonna cast the hit, and the, and, and the coolest guy in it is gonna be Kenny John. So there you fucking go. Those I, I, I still maintain there is a fucking 
as a trilogy of movies, those are a ridiculous masterpiece almost. It is insane that Todd Phillips got to make those movies and that they made that much fucking money. Mm. I still maintain The Hangover Part 3's got some interesting shit going on. I love The Hangover Part 3. It's the best of the city, yeah. It's the best of them, definitely. I, I, I love it. When, when, when you can make somebody that ridiculous looking look that fucking cool as they do in this one specific shot where he's dressed in a ridiculous outfit and you look at it and go, actually, he looks pretty fucking cool in that. It is is fantastic. I think it's a it's a good time as that movie. Plus, it just takes the piss out of itself and the audience who's watching it. I need to rewatch The Hangover Part Three. I seem to remember reviewing it possibly on Heroes and having hated The Hangover Part One and Part Two, being really surprised that I got on with Hangover Part Three. I could be remembering that wrong, but that's that's how I remember it. Isn't it like John Goodman's in it and yeah, like. He's hiring them to kill someone or some shit. Yeah, is that the one where like Ken, they Ken lock Jong. Ken Jeong in like the ice box and stuff like that, and it's a bit got got a couple of like dark moments in it. Yeah, it's got it's got Ken Jeong singing fucking hurt at one point. That, uh, uh, that sounds. I've got no interest in watching The Hangover ever again in my life, but I'm. I would watch part two and part three again. And I, I very much think that's the opposite opinion of most people. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same in the sense that it's... Yeah, it's... The fact is that when you know that the that the, the opening of it is the bit with the giraffe, they actually sat around and said, right, we need to open this movie with the most just disgraceful fucking thing we can do, but it can't be sexual because that's too obvious. What will it be? And it was, it needs to decapitate an animal somehow. <laughs> and then it was like, they, they literally, they went through different ways that it could, what is it? And the, the best, the, the, the most ridiculous one they could come up with was a giraffe being decapitated by a, a, a flyover and then they actually wanted the giraffe's head to just come at the audience and basically go right no you asked for this you asked for us to make this fucking movie so here you fucking go and that was that was actually how they wanted to open that movie was like that it's just fantastic it was bloody brave it is it is and it was it said you know it was the entirety of that movie was like I was trying to work out how I could just set fire to my career <laughs> because I've already made shitloads of money. Mark, what's the is it is it Twin Peaks Firewalk with me that opens on somebody destroying a television? Yes, it yeah. is. Twin Peaks Firewalk with the opening credits. Yeah, uh, so happen on a TV screen and then it gets smashed. I in. couldn't. Yeah, I wasn't one hundred percent sure if it was that because I've not. I've only ever watched it once. But um, yeah, that strikes me as kind of a good sort of fuck you moment as well. Trolling That's the audience. Really good show. And, yeah. Really good show. Oh man, we're getting low energy. We need to fucking spark this up a bit. <laughs> um, so, Noel, do you have any um, what we uh, what we watched? Uh, uh, I've got a couple of things. Funnily enough, uh, yeah, I'll just mention a couple of things quickly before I disappear and go and have a beer and, and continue to watch one of the what we watches 
Um, I started watching one TV show I mentioned very quickly because it's it's a funny one um, because it's disappeared. Um, stars Jack Black and um, what's his name? Thingy Robbins. Um, Ted Robbins. He's the fucking shit. Tim Robbins. Tim Robbins, yeah. Um, yeah, called The Brink, which is kind of a political thriller oh, yeah. comedy um i remember it starting on sky atlantic a long time ago and i do like i saw i do kind of like american political thrillers and comedies and stuff like that so um i decided to give it give it a go it's half hour episodes it's only 10 episodes and it's pretty watchable it's pretty fun it's on now tv at the moment i think i blasted through about five episodes last night and if you are in the market for sort of a, a half hour comedy um it's definitely worth a watch it was axed after the first season, though, so, uh, you know, don't get too into it kind of thing. So watch that. Um, rewatched Ant-Man. Um, that's a film that grows on me every time I watch it. Uh, I really, really enjoy Ant-Man. Um, Paul Rudd is, is completely effort- effortlessly brilliant in it. Um, uh, Corey Stoll is actually a really strong bad guy i think i know marvel movies get a lot of stick for their bad guys i think cory stoll's great in this he's it is still a film that has the problem of matching up the the goodie with a baddie that's pretty much the same thing but the watching cory stoll's journey towards that this really sort of cracked um businessman who's kind of um businessman and scientist who's kind of losing it a little bit because of the experiments he's doing on himself and stuff um is is really really interesting so um yeah and i think it's got a few comedic mechanics in there uh which just work really really well um so yeah i love ant-man it's it's really rewatchable it it gets better with every watch and it's got some quotable stuff in there as well I, i really enjoy it um Final thing, I had a movie on my hard drive for like forever. I, I read about it a really long time ago um, and just purely based on the cast and the fact that I'd never heard of it despite this cast. Um, I, I, I downloaded it and it had just sat on my hard drive for ages and then it popped up on Netflix the other day. Um, and it was only two hours long, so I thought, fuck it, I'll stick it on. Uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village. Oh, yeah, the... Ah, oh, Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts. Mickey movie. Rourke and Eric Roberts, yeah. So Mickey Rourke and Eric Roberts uh, play two, um, I don't know if it's Boston, but sort of two New York sort of um, down-on-their-luck kind of guys who sort of, they're not doing very well for cash and they're sort of, they're, they're kind of criminal wise guy types who kind of end up on the wrong side of the law very often, but they're good guys, really. Um Mickey Rock girlfriend is a, is a young Daryl Hannah who um, is basically spends a lot of her time either doing yoga or getting undressed and dressed and then undressed again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very clear what she was put in this movie for. Um, and yeah, so you basically kind of following following them as they uh, end up in a situation where they decide to do a heist based based on um a tip that um on a tip that um eric roberts's character paulie has so that they're two cousins um and mickey rock is kind of the smart 
uh, streetwise, good looking, going out with Daryl Hannah, who's a yoga instructor um, kind of guy. Whereas Eric Roberts is the sort of slight. He's 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 a bit stupid and he's a bit. Uh, he, he does dumb things and he doesn't think before he acts and he just does whatever he wants and he ends up getting them both into trouble quite a lot. So that's kind of the dynamic that they've got. So when he finds out about an opportunity to do a robbery and starts trying to get Mickey Rourke's character in on it, it it's just very clear what's going to end up happening. Um, so kind of what happens from there is obviously the, the robbery kind of goes wrong and one of them ends up giving up the giving up the other. There's a third guy that they end up working with and he gets sort of dragged into the mess of it and they end up in problems with the mob as a result. And um yeah, I mean it's a it's a sort of New York little Italy uh robbery gone wrong, wise guys on the run from the from the um from the mob kind of thing. Um, it's funny in parts. It's charming in parts. It's a bit drawn out in parts. It's very badly acted in parts by uh, by Eric Roberts, which is is a shock. Um, Eric Roberts is incredibly young in this, and I don't. Badly acted is a bit too harsh. It's just he's really going for this character. He is really, really going for this character. Um, and it becomes a little bit distracting and a little bit cartoony at points, especially at the beginning when you're being sort of introduced to the to the two of them. Um, it's it's a solid film. It's a solid, entertaining watch. If you're a fan of, of either of these two actors or it's a film that is in your kind of wheelhouse, then I would definitely say give it a try. But there is a reason that I don't think it's necessarily considered a classic. I don't, you know, there is a reason that it's not mentioned in the same breath as mean streets or something like that but it's kind of it's aping a little bit <clears throat> so yeah it's on netflix anyway so two hours and one minute so mark i don't know how that holds up with your uh with your rules but um i think you probably like it actually i think you both probably like it it's uh it's worth a go I, I, i've hovered over it quite a lot fairly yeah. recently and do you know what i'll be honest that two hours one minute has always made me go <laughs> it, it, I will say <laughs> it does feel it does feel it's two hours certainly at points uh, it is unnecessarily long they could have lost 20 minutes on it and it being a lot tighter film um, it's not brilliant but it's pretty solid I would say if you like this type of thing so and it's worth it's worth it for Mickey Roberts Mickey Roberts it's worth for Mickey Rock um, oh and Paulie from um from Rocky is is the the mob boss in it, which is interesting. Oh, Bert Young. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's that's quite interesting to see him in a in a different role, uh, although it's actually kind of the same role really, except he, he eats more pasta. <laughs> so yeah, Very that good. was it basically. Okay, um, well, we'll we we shall say good night to Noel then. I'll I will say good night and and I'll go off and watch a couple more episodes of The Brink and uh, wonder why it was ever cancelled. I mean, it's it's yeah, I can see why it was cancelled. Actually, it's not that good, but there we go. Please edit it. Watch Logan and just laugh. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna put it on and not even fucking watch it. <laughs> right. Have a good show, gentlemen. Pleasure as always. I'll speak Thank to you very soon. much, sir. Bye-bye. Frankly, because discussions went way longer than we kind of thought they were going to, um, 
and it's literally quarter past ten as we record this, and we've both got work in the morning, and Mark hasn't even had his fucking tea yet. Uh, we're going to cover It Comes at Night and then call it a day there, so there's going to be Twin Peaks next week, and there's going to be probably quite a lot of what we watch next week, but we'll be recording at an earlier start time and whatnot, so I think we'll... You know, we'll get an even handle on it next week. But uh, to be fair, this show's probably still going to be around about two hours. So I think yeah. that's probably enough. So It Comes at Night is directed by Trey Edward Schultz and stars um, uh, Joel Edgerton, uh, Cameron Ajogo, um, Christopher Abbott, Riley Keough and others. Um, so essentially, the, uh, the Last of Us has happened, it kind of seems like. <laughs> Um, Trey Edward Schultz has said publicly that The Last of Us was a massive inspiration for this film and you can tell um, Yeah, in an interview I was listening playback with Christopher Tapley, great podcast he was saying like basically if they offered him The Last of Us he'd be very intrigued and yeah, okay, I'd I'd be intrigued as well Um, so basically yeah, The Last of Us has happened um uh, Joel Edgerton, Cameron Ajogo and their son are holed up in a house. They've just had to uh, dispose of the grandfather because he has um, uh, been infected um, and they're alone. Uh, but Christopher Abbott um, tries to break into the house one day because he doesn't believe that anybody was actually in there. Um, and then uh, through circumstances, his family kind of move in with them as well. But then the um, the threat of others and some inconsistencies in their story make uh, Joel Edgerton's character fearful, and it kind of goes from there. So, uh, all spoilers all the time. Noel, what do you think of It Comes at Night? Um, Um, Mark, for fuck's sake, sorry. uh, I, because you actually uh, messaged me and suggested and said uh, that you had seen it as well, and that I fancy giving giving a bit of a review. Um, And I... I had seen the trailer, but I'd forgotten I'd seen the trailer, to be honest. Okay. Um, and so I purposely went, do you know what? I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what that's about. So I purposely didn't look at anything that it was about and didn't really watch the trailer or anything. I just thought, do you know what? Yeah, I actually probably can. I'm going to see Spider-Man as early as I can. If, if the sort of times line up, then I'll, I'll do it. And I looked at it and was like, do you know what? The times line up perfectly that is it's just fated that i should go and see it so i went into it knowing literally nothing about it um and then very much when it kind of it opened up i thought all right yeah it's that type of movie cool um and then i started to go i was like right this is this is very low-key but I'm, I'm, i'm liking it i'm really liking it um and then um at one point i looked i watched not out of not out of like boredom or anything like that. I just happen to I, I occasionally look at my watch during movies just to sort of see how long's passed or anything like that. I looked at my watch and went, "Fucking hell, it's been on for an hour." <laughs> I was just I, I couldn't believe I'd been watching it for an hour, and I thought nothing's happened, and it's been on for an hour. <laughs> and and yeah, it's um, it's a really really good psychological horror film um it, it's it's tense as fuck it's i think we've both sort of stated to each other that, that, that um it's the most joel edgerton of joel edgerton characters you can get none more joel edgerton yeah you I, I can't imagine a single other actor playing this character 
it is so Joe Ledger to me. Uh, it is untrue, but it's there's no grandiose kind of moments in it. It's all played. Uh, people make very human mistakes in it, and I don't think that that. I think that there's, there's everyone's kind of on the level as they need to be in it. Everyone's making the decisions that you could see them actually making. And I think that kind of helps it. And almost the the red doriness of it is it is virtually kind of a MacGuffin to the whole thing. Mm. Uh, in the sense that you think there's something sinister is going to come through that. And it, it, it kind of doesn't come through that. It very much is just what's going on. In, in that house uh, and there is no big crescendo ending to it, it, it's, it it stays at a very good level throughout um, it, it to its you know to its credit certainly yeah no absolutely I um, I, I I absolutely agree I mean I was because I, I watched that Mark and I was like I genuinely don't know what you're going to think of this because it is very low key and mm. in that kind of way I think it is kind of like the witch in that way which I know we, we very much disagreed on yes um, so I you know I was worried about that and I hadn't seen the trailer beforehand and I watched the trailer after and it's like that is not that film it's um, not is it at all I, I watched the trailer after as well and it's not that movie no um, not at all so I can see why, like audience reaction out of the US was rather negative because it's not the film that's been advertised, um, and I mean that's the thing we were talking about Baby Driver last week, and I was talking about how the marketing on that film is um, it kind of put set my expectations in in an incorrect way, and I think that. With it comes at night. It it was um, it, it was kind of the same, but the opposite effect. Because I think I enjoyed it more because of that. Um, the what I really like about it is that by the end of the film, I think I got a handle on what was going on, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, now I will say the 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 film in some sequences goes into a wider kind of frame than it was previously and through it and I will say as well the the, the racking of the of the frame in in the the the, the presentation I saw it at Cineworld Cardiff was uh, not right so the black bars didn't look like the same at the top and bottom um which really put me out of it which kind of shows why in this age of digital projection it's important to still have high quality standards because otherwise it can genuinely affect the perception of a film. Yeah. Um, but regardless, I like the way that that was... The language of the film was originally that that was in dream sequences, but then at the end of the film, it that's that's not the case, it seems like. Um, yeah. because it goes for an extended period of time um, so it's like what does that actually mean is that something just to fuck with the audience or does it have a greater meaning um, you know and there's obvious you know, not all of this film is played in reality obviously because of some of the imagery in it um, 
so but it, it's so some of it's a dream but i suppose the question is 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 how much um but my i mean my reading of the film was that you know christopher rabbit and riley keogh were just two other survivors they weren't mm. planning on fucking them over um the brother thing, I think, genuinely was Christopher Abbott thought of that guy as his brother. Yeah, it was a, it was a more of a slip of the tongue kind of thing. Yeah, I, that that's that's how I how I read it. To be honest, it's it's just a human mistake. Yeah, exactly. And um, but the big question is who opened the door? You yes, know, I mean that that that's the big thing of it, and. I mean, personally, I. I the, the the thing is, I mean, the door was locked, so I suppose. Who the fuck? Who the fuck did open the door? But, um, I mean, I think that. The kid wasn't infected. The little kid wasn't infected. I think he was just freaking out, um, and I think the the teenager, was because he touched the dog. Yeah. Um, and you know, but it, it's like you could have interpretations of this, but just the fact that it's about, yeah, it's a film of a, a for our times, really. Uh, yet again, another film for our times, which is quite depressing. But in that, it's about how paranoia and utter reverence to your loved ones and doing anything for your loved ones, which is a very human thing to do. Like it, it uh, is something that will destroy communities or destroy wider networks. Um, you know, at the end, Joel Edgerton and Cameron Ajogo uh, are so we're going to protect our son no matter what, despite the fact that he's probably infected as well. That you know, basically, Joel Edgerton essentially murders an entire family. Yeah. To, to protect his kids, and then five minutes later in the, in the film, his kid's dead. They're very likely infected as well. Um, yes. And it, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a very very depressing idea, but it, it's one that has legs. And it, absolutely, it, it, I love the fact that it just it literally just ends. Mm. There's no big payoff or anything like that or resolution. It just kind of ends. I, I was I was I was pleasantly surprised by its ending, and I just thought that's fucking brave. That that's you know that's it, it seemed like that seemed like the sort of thing where you would you would imagine there's a even independent studio executive going we, we need a little bit more than that, and then going mm, you're not getting it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's just it's um, it, it's it, uh, it, it's claustrophobic. It's intense. It feels like it was made on a budget that Trey Edward Schultz was just allowed to do whatever he wanted to do, but it doesn't feel particularly self indulgent. It just it's um, and I mean that whole thing about it it, it being post horror. You know, uh, the, the Guardian came up with it. It's it's not it. It, it's no, a not. horror film. It's just it's not, you know. It's not a gore it's, horror film. No, that it, it's running along paranoia kind of horror films, like classically, like Invasion of the Body Snatchers or The Thing. Yeah, uh, it, absolutely. It, 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 it's it's not about it. It it's an 
anticipatory um, horror film. It, it's not about what it's going to, what about it, what it's going to show you. It's about where it, what it could show you, and that's that's the whole thing about it. Is it feels you feel claustrophobic. You don't you don't know what's gone on. They never explain what has gone on. Which is very nice of it. You, you you get an idea, but you don't know what's going. On. You don't know how far it reaches. You don't know whether or not um, Chris Rabbit uh, and Ryan Keogh's, um characters are, are exactly what they seem. But you also don't know if Joe Edgerton and Cameron Yoga's characters are quite what they seem. You know, there's a lot. Kind of everybody is. I think everybody is probably just normal everyday people just in a really fucked up situation but you know they, they, even Johnson's character even says to what is it at one point you know they, they're good people but we don't know how good of people they are because we don't know them you can't trust anybody but us but but family and it's that that kind of I'm happy to help them and I, I, I enjoy having them there but the minute it, it seems like it might impact on my family I'm that's it. They're gone. I mean, that, that's the thing. I mean, Ejogo, like, really, like, more militantly, kind of more than Edgerton, is, is yeah. the one that kind of takes that on. I mean, Edgerton's kind of almost, like, like punch drunk towards the end. Um, and is just like, you know, you've got you've got to do this. Yeah, and even though she was the one who kind of wanted to let them in in the first place. And, you know, it's... Um, I, I don't know, just that kind of, like, Loss of control, mm. um, and but still trying to keep things on a swivel, and like the the scene where he's trying to come in, and she's like kind of in the corner with the with the gun. Um, it's 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 really really well played, and I, I it I don't know, man. I mean, like I'd like to watch it again, knowing what you know by the end of it, and trying to kind of piece it together. But it doesn't feel like the film is about that. Um, no, it, it doesn't. It feels like it. It, it feels like it will hold up on a, on a rewatch. Yeah, no, I, I'm. I'm very much looking forward to watching it, kind of in the dark again and like yeah. loud, you know, um, and and kind of getting into that world. Um, I, I yeah, because I I don't know. I mean, like even even the bit early on where. Um, uh, Edgerton and, and Abbott are like riding and in the car, and they they get kind of ambushed. And that whole kind of like, did you know him? And it was like, no, I just wanted you to think before shooting him. Kit. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly, you know. And it's like that that seed of doubt is placed, but in fact, it's actually seed of doubt about Edgerton that he's that willing to go to that way of thinking so quickly. Yeah, and, and it, it does. It, you know, he does at the end as well. Yeah, and it, it does seem a little bit like Edgerton's character. The more and more he has to do, the more and more it, it breaks him down. And then you know the fact that he's, he's he basically says, you know, I used to be a teacher. You know, it's like he's gone from being a teacher to being this, and it's it's wore him down. You, you know, you can see he. You get the feeling that pre all of this, he was probably just a, a, an average kind of quite quiet guy and then now he's you know shooting people in the face yeah yeah quite quite um and i don't know the thing is touch wood we never experience anything like this in our lives and god Mm. knows you know how we would feel but the fact that 
by the end of it, you you kind of feel like the sympathetic characters are really Christopher Abbott and Kylie uh, uh, Riley Keough because they're kind of made to jump through all these hoops in order to live with these people and you know through arguably no fault of their own they wind up being fucking killed anyway it's um you know it's horrific i mean it is it's genuinely the, horrifying but but yeah but the, the problem is you can kind of you can kind of view it from edge to the point and it, you know he very much he, yeah, he does exactly. constantly say to them you know I, I'm I'm just trying to do this sensible thing. He's almost like he's apologising for it, but he's saying it might seem extreme, but I will go to the extremes to protect my family, and I'm not going to do it. And he kind of goes, "You know what? I kind of see his point." And even Chris Rabbit's character says to him, "You know, at, at a few points, I can see why you're doing this." Yeah, yeah. And you know, when they when they lock themselves away, they you know it's. It, you, I think you should take some food and lock yourself away, and we'll we'll do the same. It's not you need to. Look at, it's not I'm gonna lock you in a room. It's, but it kind of is, but it isn't. It kind of goes well, to, but but just to make sure that you know we're gonna do the same. Yeah. yeah it, it's that. It, it's like he's he's almost fighting against himself in a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Um... Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, it's um, it's a very clever film. It's cinematic, it's well acted. Um, mm. I, I don't think it quite does enough to call it like a potential top ten end of the year kind of thing. No, but it, 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 it I, I'd agree there, but it very much is one where when I come out of it, I was very much like, do you know what? I'm really glad I saw that in a cinema. And I saw it in a cinema on my own. There was nobody else to the screen. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, to, to be fair, my audience weird, is good as gold. But yeah. yeah, and, and weirdly, it was in a... I think it's because of the times I saw Spider-Man. It was actually in a bigger screen. As in a bigger... Um, the screen was the same really? size. But it was in a bigger actual screen. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing they did the Spider-Man as it went on further in the day. Because there was a Spider-Man... At, 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 um, at quarter past ten, that I saw, and there was one started at um, five to eleven as well. So I'm guessing that was the one that was in the big fucking screen. But yeah, you'd, it, fi- you'd figure it'd be more. It comes the night in the evening as opposed to the daytime. That's that's weird. Yeah, there's quite a lot of screenings of it. Um, and I asked and said it's been popular. And they said, oh yeah, you're, you're the only person who's got a ticket for this one, but it's Wednesday afternoon. But apparently, it was quite popular over the weekend. Okay, fair play. But it's done. It's done well money wise. But yeah, it was. I'm glad I saw it in the cinema, and I was I came out of going that that that's yeah. I would probably want to see, if I, even if I just was going to see it. I probably would have waited and seen that at home and gone. That was fucking great. But I think just that watching your own in a cinema on your own is was a, a really good setting for that. It kind of added to the isolation, I suppose. Yeah, quite. No, okay, very good. Uh, definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Uh, audience vote as well. Um, definitely not shit. Seventy five percent and touching cloth twenty five percent and shit obviously zero percent. Very good. I bet that touching cloth uh, was Dan Orty who fuck uh, yeah, it was yeah admitted to us this week that he votes in all of these polls despite the fact he barely ever, ever seen the movie and, and just does a random entry. So thanks for that, Dan. <laughs> yeah. I'm guessing the fact that Dan doesn't even actually just always say that it's shit. I bet he just puts just something. 
I don't think Dan even listens. So, you know, thanks for the support, Dan. <laughs> I listen to stream punk every every fortnight, you know, it's uh Yeah. It's a good podcast. I'm 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 looking forward to the day I get an at reply from him saying fuck you. Um <laughs> But you know, we'll see. It's a little test. It's a little test. So, next week, uh another double review. We're gonna be doing War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. We're gonna be doing the Beguiled. Yeah. Uh we're gonna have a whole bunch of what we watched even though to be fair I've done Rise and I've done Dawn and I've done Lost in Translation and I'm in the middle of Virgin Suicide so a lot of it is going to be related to the main reviews anyway uh, I, 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 I watched a lot last week so I have a lot I watched like five Tom Hanks movies last week very nice but we, we will we will start earlier next week uh, yes. I, I think it's fair to say so um, yeah we'll uh It'll be a higher energy show because I'm 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 very I'm tired. I'm literally going to go to bed once we've done this. I, so, I, I've just worked a twelve hour shift, so I'm going to go and eat and then go to bed. <laughs> yeah, nice. So uh, we'll do um, other Twitter questions and stuff next week. So thank you very much for listening, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks as, as always to Noel um, for uh, for gracing us with his presence again, and uh, hope you enjoy the show, folks. And more next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.